I'm Alex Fitzpatrick, and this is the Spanish Segunda Show, the show where we cast our eye over all 22 clubs in La Liga Smart Bank. I say that, but on this special and sh slightly shorter than normal show, lots of S's in there, uh, we're going to preview the playoffs. So we're not going to talk about all 22 clubs. We're going to talk about just the four. Liam, knockout football, totally different now, isn't it? Yes, I should hasten to add as well that when you say it's going to be slightly shorter than normal, our, our normal shows at the moment are about 50 minutes, so I suspect it will be somewhat shorter than normal. Brent's how normal nowadays, but yeah, um, it is going to be really, really exciting, and as you say, knockout football, love it, don't you? It's so tense, so so dramatic, and uh, we've got four very good sides in it. Yeah, well, those people who are listening to this clearly can't mind too much that we've um, slightly gone over our our 30 minute slots towards the end of the season, but uh, because they're still here. But yeah, four, uh, sorry, two fantastic games, obviously four, because there's two legs um, in each one. Deportivo Alaves take on uh, Abar. Alaves will be home in the second leg because they finished higher. Uh, Levante take on Albacete. Likewise, Levante will be home um, in the second leg because they finished higher in the table as well. Uh, Liam, how much do you take into account the head-to-head -head records between these sides when going into these playoffs? I don't think it's hugely significant. I think recent form really ought to be more important uh, and that would seem to favour LRS, wouldn't it? I mean, they've only lost, I think, one of the last 10. Albafete, I think, are unbeaten in seven. But, I mean, it can't, help, it can't hurt, can it? I mean, if, if you look at LRS... Um, they're preparing for the game. They know that Abar have, have, have yet games, I should say. They, they, they know that Abar have yet to score against them. The two games they have played against them this season. Albacete, uh, obviously, they won. Uh, they didn't win. No, they lost at home, didn't they? Actually, to um, Levante. But if they can win the first leg this time in the Carlos Belmonte, um, they will remember. I imagine that they held Levante in the Ciudad de Valencia, uh, despite you know, ten men for more than a half. So you know, both of those things are not for me as significant as how they've been playing recently, but they can't be completely discounted, would you say? Yeah, so just to just to quickly run through what the teams did against each other in the regular season, Abar uh, drew nil-nil with Deportivo Alaves in Iperua, and then Deportivo Alaves beat Abar by two goals to nil in Mendy. Um, now, obviously, the, the first leg there will be in Iperua. And then the, the other semi-final, Albacete, as you mentioned a moment ago, they lost 3-2. Yes, Levante scoring three. Did happen uh, a couple of times, actually, this season. But yes, Albacete lost 3-2 at home to Levante and then drew 0-0 uh, uh, in this year. At the Valencia Stadium, Albacete, as you mentioned, with 10 men for around about 45 minutes. The, the away team... Um, in the first leg, so that's Deportivo Alaves and Levante, the higher-ranked teams. Th to me, I think that they need to be making sure that they get to the second leg level. Ideally ahead, but of course, level at the very least, because then it turns into a one-off game on your home ground. And in fact, more than a one-off game on your home ground, uh, they know the higher-ranked team. There's no penalties um, in in the uh, in the Segunda playoffs, whoever is the higher ranked team will go through if it is level. So if they can get back to the second leg on home turf level, that is a huge advantage for them. That said, Liam, Abar last season won away from home in their first leg of the semi final one nil, 
uh, in Montalivi against uh, Girona, and then Girona beat them in the second leg uh, in Iparua by two goals to nil. Yeah, I think it's fair to say that's pretty much the exception to the rule, though, isn't it? Now, um, I'll give you an example of when it did happen, and uh, it's a great opportunity for me to mention Staragotha in a playoff show, which... Forgive me, I don't, haven't had a chance to do for a few seasons. They obviously, uh, those of you who are Tharotha fans out there, or a few of you, I think, they will remember an amazing playoff comeback when we lost the first leg 3-0 at home to Giron in 2015, uh, and then 1-4-1 in Montelivi back in the days when away goals counted double. But Tharotha have also lost twice in the playoffs, having drawn the first leg away from home, first against Nemanthi and then against Elche. So it can happen. You can get it right in the first leg and then lose the second leg at home, as was the case last year with um, Abar, but generally if the home team wins the first game, they go through and the away team the first game, they usually make it to the final if they can pick up a draw or better in their opponent's stadium. You wanted to mention a statistics which concerns one of the four teams that are in this uh, shootout, shall we call it, um, which may yet prove decisive in your opinion. Yeah, well, I asked you actually at the top of the show how decisive the head-to-head records will be. Obviously, you know, how indicative it is of what might happen in the playoffs, I suppose, is to be a little bit more precise. Um, Levante have got a terrific record against top six sides. Uh, if things had worked out slightly differently on the final day, they actually would have gone up as champions because of this head-to-head record. Against the teams that are in the playoffs, if you look at a mini-league between those four teams in the games that they've played against each other this season, in the regular season, Levante top that league by a country mile. They would have, uh, or they have, 12 points uh, from from the six games, uh, two against each of the other teams, 12 out of 18 points. Uh, in second would be Albacete, who've only lost once, uh, they they have seven points, uh, and they, they only won once as well. Albacete uh, that was against that was against Abar, but they only lost once against other teams in the playoffs. Well, the Deputy team Rob- bench was it Levante? Yeah, I mean that's yeah. that's the game they lost, isn't it, at home in a game that they played pretty well and still lost three two. To be honest, yeah, exactly. Uh, Deportivo Alaves have six points, and then Abar is really. Not good news for Abar. We know the run that they're on. They're 10 games without a win going into the end of the season. Almost well, they won at Wesker, didn't they? So they, they bet me. Sorry, that. yes. Sorry, we yes, could end did. up being significant that because, because they've been in such poor form. But yeah, you're right. The record against the other three is shocking, isn't it? But they, yeah, ju- only four points for Abar against those other teams in the top six and haven't beaten any of them. Four draws out of six. Uh, so, yeah, it looks to be a challenging one for, for Abar. Let's start with the uh, the Basque derby, Deportivo Alaves against Abar. How do you see this one panning out? Well, you've kind of encouraged me there to uh, to give a certain answer, haven't you? <laughs> you just, you no, just, I, I want your opinion, Liam. I forget no, the statistics. You, you've no, already told I, me I, it doesn't matter. It goes out the window. <laughs> you're, you're quite right, though, yeah. I think Alaves will probably go through because they're in better form at the moment. And and, and as we already said, they haven't even conceded a goal against Abar yet this season. We know the psychological baggage that Abar bring with them into the playoffs the second year running. They've been in them both times. They could really have gone up as champions or certainly in one of the top two slots. But for me, the only concern for me from an Alaves fan's point of view is how affected they are by wasting what I thought was a great opportunity to go up automatically in the Estadio Gran Canaria. We talked about it in the regular show, haven't we? They got into a lot of promising positions deep in the last Palmas half. They didn't make the most of them. They should have won that game for me. They were the better side overall. 
Via Libre, you know, continues to underwhelm, you know, but the one thing that does worry me from an Abar perspective is this ridiculous red card that a key Abar defender picked up in this last match day at a time when there was absolutely no reason to do what he did. Yeah, Venancio sent off for violent conduct in the 97th minute of their meaningless game against Wesker. I say meaningless because obviously they couldn't make uh, the top two. That was on uh, in match day 42, the final game of the season, meaning that he will miss at least one, if not both of their semi-final games. It's normally for a direct red card, uh, violent conduct. In Spain, it can be one game. It's sometimes two Um or maybe more if you've done something incredibly serious. And they normally, <clears throat> excuse me, they normally release the uh, the, the sanctions uh, on a Wednesday before the game. So obviously we're recording before that's come out. Uh, but yeah, that, that's going to affect them. Uh, it'll affect them in terms of the fact that what probably would have happened is he probably would have played centre-half for them and Arbia would have come in and played left-back. He, he's played in all of those positions, Arbia across the back for this season. Um, but now what will probably have to happen is Arbia may well have to play centre-half and then they will be weaker um, at full-back. So it does particularly affect Abar that, uh, that that particular suspension. I mean, the key thing for me in, in this uh, match-up between Alaves and, and Abar is the home advantage in the second leg for Alaves is massive and the fact that in the case of a draw Alaves will go through to the final. Neither of these teams are big scorers. Games are pretty narrow. I think that Mendy will have a bigger positive impact on Alaves than Iparua will on Abar personally. Uh, go on, Lim. Yeah, it's really interesting you say that. A sense amongst the Abar fans is a sense of dissatisfaction, isn't it? Here we go again in the playoffs, and you're right. I get this feeling that if they don't get off to a really good start in the first 20 minutes in Ipudu, the crowd will be on their backs. I don't really see that happening unless the situation is desperate uh, in the second leg in Mendy after the first leg. I get the feeling the LOS fans are more behind their side right now than the Abar fans. And I know that isn't, that's not in any way saying that the Abar fans are worse fans or anything. I just feel they're more discontent at the moment than the Alaves fans, which is interesting because Alaves, in theory, they've just come straight back down again. They have just missed a great chance to to go back up. You'd think the Alaves fans would be a little bit despondent, but they feel like a pretty united bunch behind their team, don't they? Well, look, this is, this is the psychological element, and this is why perhaps those head-to-head records that we talked about uh, don't or might not really come into it in terms of uh, uh, being able to predict what will happen in these playoff games. Uh, there's a few ways to look at it. Abar last year suffered that heartbreak of falling out of the uh, top spot and, uh, and top two on the final day in the final minute against Alcocon. And they just went into those playoffs absolutely broken. And if my memory serves me correctly, those games were on a Saturday. And then I, I believe the first leg was actually on the Wednesday or the Thursday. So there was a very, very short turnaround last season. They did have them scheduled in that way this season, but they've changed it now. And there's a week, a whole week um, in between match day 42 and the first leg. So not only that, Abar this season have known since match day 41 that they weren't going to get into it. So they've had a little bit more time to get their head around it. They've experienced it before. So that could really um, be a positive for them. Deportivo Alaves 
have have got that feeling of of uh, desolation, that feeling of you know we we haven't managed to to go up and we had the opportunity and we've missed out, which Abar had last season. So you know perhaps that could come into it. Yeah, and I mean, I think that win in Westgate is important. I really do. They've stopped the rot to a certain extent. And I know it was a meaningless game, but ultimately, Westgate are decent at home. And you know that any team you think Anderson sends out there is not going to be sent out with any intention other than to make life very, very difficult for their opponents. So that, for me, was a big win in a game that didn't really matter. And I think they will approach you know, the first leg of this game with positivity. And we have also said that Avar's biggest problem this season has been they haven't been scoring when they're on top. If they have a good first 20 minutes and they score, you never know. I don't think they'll run away with the first leg, but I think the crowd are well capable of really uniting behind them in that situation. If they get that early goal, I think it's crucial. I think Alaves will obviously go this try and, you know, weather that first 20 minutes. If Abel can get an early goal, you never know. And, and I don't think they're terrible at defending away from home either. If they could go with a one-goal lead to, to Alaves, and Alaves we know are not very prolific in front of goal, I wouldn't necessarily back against them to defend a one-goal lead in that second leg. Yeah, it's going to be very tight, isn't it? I mean, one of the things that the club Abar have done since uh, since they didn't manage to, to, or they knew that they weren't going to finish in the top two, is they they put out a very united front. They had a press conference with Garitano, with the sporting director. I think there's four or five people sat up at the top table with the press to try and give this united front. Garitano, to me, looked like a broken man in that particular press conference. So uh, he's clearly hurting and, and it just depends how much they can turn that one around. In terms of Deportivo Alaves, yeah, they didn't manage to get over the line in the Estadio uh, Gran Canaria in match day 42, but that was a one-off game. And a one-off game, Deportivo Alaves away from home, particularly against someone like Las Palmas, it was always against them, really. Las Palmas knowing they only needed a draw. This is a two-leg game, right? So can Deportivo Alaves go to Iparua and get a nil-nil draw? Absolutely, nailed on. In fact, you know, if I had to, to, to choose a scoreline that was going to take place in Iparua, it would be nil-nil. Uh, and then take it back to Mendy. And as we said, if it ends up levelling Mendy, Alaves qualified for the final because of their, their higher league position. So it is a very different prospect for Alaves. But can Luis Garcia Plata get his head and his team's head around the fact that they missed out on, on that final day. Shall we move on to uh, the second game, Liam? Why not? Yeah, we've got uh, Levante and Albacete, haven't we? Um, my thoughts on this. Um, my heart says Le- uh, Albacete, my head says Levante. We did mention in our regular show, didn't we, how a number of uh, Levante's key players have been underperforming this season. That's in the past now. These are... You know, not one off, but two off games, maybe another two off games after that. Um, De Frutos has been one of the biggest disappointments for me. He's been brilliant in some games, but far too consistent since Christmas. But, you know, he scored against Oviedo uh, this uh, last weekend. So did Wesley uh, in injury time. I'm not sure Wesley will start on the strength of that. But, you know, both of those players will go into the playoffs with recent, like Abel, with recent positive experiences in their lockers. Johnny Montiel, for me, an excellent player, has the ability to unlock the home defence. Um, if any of his strikers in the mood to take advantage of it. Baldini, I remember from that first game against Albuquerque, he had a great game. I think he uh, won a, set one up and scored another one, or maybe won a penalty. Certainly he had a, a really good evening in the Carlos Balmonte. So maybe he'll get his mojo back when he goes back there. And also, I think we have to remember, Alex, that you know this Albuquerque side to play without fear all season. Uh, and some of them were in the players, don't forget, last season for getting out of Primera uh, Federación. 
but they've got to be nervous coming to this one, haven't they? I just do not believe, however good a coach Alves is and however uh, good a season they've had, they've got to be nervous. This is a massive game for them. What, what's your take on it overall? Well, football is uh, obviously a tactical game. It's also a psychological game. Momentum, you know, we talked about it with uh, Alaves and Eibar a moment ago. And the momentum is very much with Albacete. For them, as a newly promoted side, it's an incredible achievement for them to even be in the top six. Uh, they know that if they don't go up, Ruben Alves is likely to leave. There's already uh, rumours about the fact that Rayo Vallecano are lining him up to be the successor to uh, Andoni Iraola, um, who has announced that he's leaving uh, Rayo Vallecano this Summer, so um, this is their chance to keep him because obviously, if Albacete go up, he will stay. Um, the sensations for Albacete, as they say, sensations in Spanish, aren't they? Is um, a, a very positive for Levante. They've got that feeling of the final day disappointment, despite winning, um, but they've got that feeling of the final day disappointment that Abar had uh, last season. I look at Levante and I, and I go, can they draw these two games and therefore qualify for the final? Yes, I absolutely think that they can. But the most dangerous team in these playoffs is Albacete. And if you try to play for a draw against Albacete, that is possibly the worst thing in the world that you can do because they are intense, they press so hard, they push, um, and, and there's just this vibrancy about how they play. If you don't go on the front foot and really try and take on Albacete at their own game, then you could be in trouble. And we see from earlier on in the season, when Levante won 3-2 against Albacete, that in that game, they they, they clearly you know did that. So, Calleja has got an interesting um, an interesting conundrum and, and tactical task in terms of how he's going to set up his team. Although he hasn't got many options in terms of that because he's got so many injuries. The 11 sort of picks itself, really. Maybe nine of the 11 picks itself. Um, am I being unfair? I mean, I, I really can't see past Albacete winning this one. I think that's the problem, isn't it? I my heart would love them to do it as well. I would so like to see them in the finalists. They are the team that's, that's lit up this division this season. I'd love to see their fans reward for it and their coach reward for it. Some players that we, we couldn't even have named at the start of the season. Who knew who Dupassin was? You know, you need to be a real expert. Manu Fuster. You know, these are not players that tripped off the time nine months ago. They're now. We watch them every week and we're absolutely delight in their skill and their just their whole way they approach the game. I just am an internal pessimist for these things and there's nothing against Levante. I don't dislike Levante at all. You know, I think they can play some lovely football as well. They've got some very good players. But as I say, I'm used to being disappointed in football and I would love Albacete to make it, which makes me think that just that added experience, the, the big game experience and the fact as, as well it is over two legs, as you said before, Alaves knowing that they've got two games to overcome Eibar. I think across the two games, I think Levante will do it. I'd love to see an Albacete Eibar final. I suspect we may well see we won't talk about who, who we think will go up because uh, obviously we'll be speaking on the playoffs again after the semi-finals and we can probably make ourselves not look quite so foolish by <laughs> knowing who's in the final before we uh, make a pick. And then it's a one in two chance rather than a one in four chance. But um, yeah, I am really looking forward to, to watching 
uh, all four of the semi-final games and, of course, the two games uh, in the final as well. I think they will be absolutely cracking matches um, and, yeah, really looking forward to it. And I think it's fair to say, isn't it, some of the cracking matches we've seen in recent weeks have not been golfers, have they? You know, I look back to that game between Alaves and Granada and Mendy, which was absolutely sparkling stuff. Even Las Palmas Alaves on uh, this weekend. No, it wasn't a classic. There weren't loads of goal math chances, etc. But I still really enjoyed it. I thought it was a really fascinating tactical battle. And I don't just say that, which is what they usually say, don't they, <laughs> when a game's dull. Oh, it was a fascinating tactical battle. No, it really was interesting. And, and the crowds and just everything about it, as I say, the wonderful commentators that we get to enjoy on La Liga uh, Sports TV, it's, it's really something to look forward to. And, and as we've already said, I think if you listen to our regular show already, please do make sure that you look up La Liga Sports TV. I'm assuming they are going to have the rights for the playoffs as well, are they? Or is it going to revert to... Pay channel. They've got it all the way through. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they do, yeah. Right, splendid. Well, yeah, please make sure that you uh, mark these in your diary. Both games kicking off next Saturday night at uh, is it 6 30 and 9 Spanish time? And then they're both Saturday evening, aren't they? And then the other games are next Wednesday and Thursday. Do make a beeline for those games, they should be fantastic. Absolutely. Uh, we've managed to avoid making any outlandish predictions, which is great. Um, uh, we will talk about the outlandish predictions that we made. At the beginning of the season, uh, Liam's face has dropped. Uh, we will I, I remember it well. Last Palmas 10th, yeah. I believe, is, is what yeah, sticks in my mind. Well, <laughs> that's God, a but, uh, yeah, we will talk about those outlandish predictions that we made in our season review show. So just to give people a little bit of a heads up of how it's going to look across the next couple of weeks. There won't be a podcast out next Monday uh, as normal. We'll wait until after the playoff semifinals have concluded and record a podcast then reviewing all four of the semi-final games at once. And that'll be out Friday the 9th of June. And then, of course, we'll cover the playoff uh, finals, uh, finals because there's two legs. And uh, we will also have some special podcasts with our team of the season and a season review and uh, speak to some fans of some Segunda clubs as well. And that'll keep you going right the way through the summer until... We're ready for the season preview when Liam and I make fools of ourselves once again with some uh, outlandish predictions in the most unpredictable league in Europe. Um, we say this every week, but don't forget to come and join us on the Discord for that Segunda chat. It's free. The group join code is in the show notes and we get new additions to the group every single week. Please come and join us. And if you're a Las Palmas or Granada fan, stick with us as well. It's goodbye from me. Hasta la próxima. Thanks for listening, everyone. And remember, segunda doesn't mean second best. No, me digas que me quieres.